This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. This podcast is great because your enthusiasms, it's why we've all been reading you for so long. This is a great vehicle for you to actually get to in a long-form way, explore those enthusiasms, sometimes with the perspective of an additional 10 or 20 years. Thanks for doing this today, pal. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having the me. fun of this is, I just talk to guys that I want to talk to. That's what, to me, is such a blast about listening to your show. First of all, the first time I ever saw Bernie on television, I started to talk like him <laughs> as I was watching him. <laughs> Can you imagine a great Michael Jordan saying, hey, you know what? We can't beat the Pistons. Let me go join them. The essence of sports is about competition. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica. Now, my friend Curtis Strange always accuses me of sucking up to him when I want him to do another podcast, except... That I am on record in the newspaper, the radio, and on podcast is saying that he is my favorite golf announcer and one who is incapable of telling you anything that he doesn't think is the truth. He won two U.S. Opens in succession and he contended in the one after that. He's in the World Golf Hall of Fame, works for ESPN. And, and yesterday I told him, I thought, see, he did a great job sitting in the 18th tower at the U.S. Senior Open. He said, ah, you're just sucking up. Uh, good morning, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Enough said. I don't have to open my mouth the rest of the hour. <laughs> all right, listen, <laughs> we always have you on around major championships. And before we started today, I was just telling Curtis, I woke up early. My wife and daughter are away. I got a full shot at the British Open this morning, and I see that Rory McIlroy, a child of Ireland at an Irish-British Open, has begun the championship with an eight. So I'll start there, Curtis. Did you ever make a triple or a quadruple on the first hole of a major? No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say I didn't, and I'm sad to say that he did. Um uh, I, I, once again, before we came on, what I said to you is that the air just went out of my sails here. Uh, uh, I thought he would really do really well, and it's not it's not over yet, but it's certainly not the start he wanted. I just wonder how in the world he hit hit it 25 yards left of the green with an iron out of bounds on the first hole. That's when you're supposed to be <laughs> as sharp as you can be, I think. I, I, just, I don't understand it. Curtis, and usually, and, and and listen, you know way more about this th than I. <laughs> the closest thing I've ever faced to pressure is playing in some celebrity things. The first T-ball is the one. What celebrity that, did you play with, by the way? Well, who, we used who to. Who did you play with? Okay. All right. Here's the thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don Imus used to have what was known as the teed-off challenge. Okay. Yeah. And and yeah. Phil Sims and I and Nance and others would show up every year. And Curtis, I don't ever want to be anywhere near playing in front of a gallery. Not only did you have to play in front of galleries, the people were all around you every time you hit a shot. And and the first time I ever did that, and somehow by the grace of God, I striped one on the first tee. I thought to myself. When I have to stop playing this, I'm never going to play in anything like this ever again. So th th that's my idea of pressure, and, and it's nothing like the one you encountered. But, but this young man did come into this with extra pressure because of the location of the tournament. Yes. 
all of the above. He's, he's, you know, one of the top two or three or four players in the world. Um, I think the most gifted player in the, in the golf world today, as far as the ability to flight shots, hit shots around the greens, putting's been suspect, you know, over the last two or three or four years, but, but just such a talented player and, and such a good guy. And, and, you know, now it's coming to his and Darren Clark and Graham McDowell and, you know, and it, 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 a number of other Irish players coming to their place first time in 60 years. Okay. He's been, uh, I just, I'm watching as, as everybody else is watching. Tariko just did a little piece on this is not just a one day or two day ordeal. This has been leading up for six months. Right. Roy's on the cover, front page of every newspaper in the country every day. And so he has a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure is one thing. A lot of expectation, I think, is a better word. Uh, as we get closer, a lot of anxiety to get this thing started. And he has been playing well. Uh, hasn't finished well some this summer, but he's won two tournaments and has been playing well. Um, and when you get – sometimes it works. I used to play in my hometown uh, in a PGA Tour event. And there's such expectations from everyone and yourself. And you either go one of two ways, or I did. You either play really well or you get down on yourself and you want to dig a hole and bury your head. And there's kind of there's sometimes no middle ground. And so I thought he would do well. And he still might do well, but he certainly put himself behind the proverbial eight ball. And he's going to have to really do something special. But... Gosh, I, I can't imagine in his world the anticipation leading up to the Open in his home country, in his hometown. And then on the first, and then on the first hole, all of a sudden it's four on the left. And I had watched somebody do a feature on the first hole yesterday. I don't know if you saw it about how the out of bounds, there is out of bounds on the right, and there's out of bounds on on the left. And it's kind of a, it's almost like a British Open. They showed you the stakes, and I, but I'm I'm thinking if somebody's going to hit a wild shot again, they're going to hit it off the tee. And and so anyway, he's he, I haven't say he's 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 fought his way back to the extent that he's been one under since then and i just hope that he can get close to even par by the end of the day because it doesn't look like somebody's going to shoot a real low number i think the lead is four under curtis let me ask you this about rory when he was winning majors did you ever think he'd go five years the way he has now without winning one you know you just don't you don't look at it in terms like that five years ago when he won his last one you think well this guy is the best player in the world, and he there's no reason why he can't continue doing this. Now he won what four really quickly. Yeah. Now, but he was he was winning by large margins, much like Tiger did in 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 some of his majors. So that not only tells me that he is is capable of winning a major, but he's capable of winning a major, and he's at times a whole lot better than number two out there. So it's not that he won, it's that he won by six, seven, or eight. No, I didn't think he'd go five years, but it's a hard game with a lot of moving parts, Mike, as we know. And if you struggle in, in two parts of your game, if you struggle, it's really going to be hard. If you struggle off the tee for some reason, or if you struggle around the greens, and in his case, putting a little bit. Uh, nobody has ever won a tournament, and a big tournament at that, striking the golf ball. You always have to make putts. You can win tournaments with your 
you know, average game from tee to green, but if you chip and putt really well, you can win. You can't win anything by not making any putts. So he struggled on the greens, but even then, he's he still won tournaments around the world. And I, I you know, he just he doesn't look to me. And this is from the outside looking in, like all of our listeners are doing. Um, I've talked to Roy just a couple of times briefly, uh, not about that, but it's it almost looks like he's very comfortable. And that's a good thing in life. But it might not be a good thing when you're trying to be the best player in the world or in any sport. Uh, because you have to have an edge to you. You have to have uh, Arnold Palmer and I used to talk about this a little bit. You know, he was said I was always on edge. You got to be on edge to be sharp. Right. And he's right. And he doesn't look like he's on edge because Rory's such a good kid. I don't think he's ever really looked like he's on an edge. But he just he I don't know. I, I just and, and and maybe this is very unfair for me to say this, but maybe he got comfortable too quick. I hope not. Uh, that's just me speculating, but. Uh, He's just such a such a wonderful player, and you know I just uh, hopefully he can do this again. But you know he's got a lot of tough players to beat, and they're all out on the golf course right now, or getting ready to go out on the golf course in a little while. You know, it's funny what you just said, Curtis, is always the fascinating way to look at modern sports and how it's even changed from when you came along. I remember when Pete Sampras as a kid won his first U.S. Open and Billie Jean King wrote a piece and wondered what her career would have been like if she had gotten five million dollar richer in a minute. OK, when she was the yep. age that Sampras was and, and you can't analyze these careers without factoring that into it. Right. It's we're human. And my greatest motivating factor when I turned pro by far was financial. I didn't have two nickels to rub, to get, rub together. I was married young. Uh, we were traveling the tour in a car, trying to eat dinner for less than $10 every night, staying in a hotel room for less than $18 a night. That was the budget. And I think it makes you a little tougher. I think you learn a little bit versus the day you turn pro, you're worth X amount of dollars. I'm not begrudging anybody. Trust me. I don't want the letters. But I'm just saying, if you struggle early on a bit, I think it teaches you some of life's lessons, and I think it makes you a little bit tougher. And I think when you do make it, if you make it, you will appreciate it that much more. And that's just human nature. And I just can't speak for what it would be like if I signed a contract the day I turned pro for three, five, ten million dollars. Yep. And therefore, you know, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of uh, lack of worry in your life. And you know what I'm saying. And I, I just, Curtis, uh, I, I, I say to my I say to my sons all the time, I'll joke, you know, because they look at, the, you know, the life they have experienced. We, I've got four children yeah. and and I'll joke to them sometimes. Yeah. I said, when I graduated from Boston College with a hundred dollars in the bank, I had to take that silver spoon out of my mouth and start yeah. earning a living a, 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 as a writer. I know exactly where you're saying, by the way. And I never make fun of people who struggle in golf because I, I love the game too much and, and just playing it my whole life. I know, I know how hard it is to play and not on the professional level. But I, I saw that David Duvall made a third. Did you know he made a 13 today? 
No, I saw he birdied the first two and then didn't play well the rest of the front side, and then I, I went over to Rory. So uh, good he made he play, made a thirteen. Continue to play. His, he made a thirteen, and was it Weisskopf or Arnold? Who was it? Once they asked him how he could have made a twelve, and he said, "Well, I knocked it on a ten and I two putted." Um, and, yeah, and he I made think thirteen it, at the twelfth at Augusta. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right. I just uh, yeah. We anyway. Go moving right along. Okay, Brooks Kepka. Okay, now Curtis and I are having this conversation on on the morning of the first round of 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 this British Open. I think it's the hundred and forty eighth. But Curtis, I just looked at the scoreboard. Brooks Brooks Kepka is two under after five at a major. Stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> you know he's he definitely he, he admitted something this week in the press room that. Uh, was enlightening to all of us. He said, I don't practice before regular PGA Tour events. The question was, why do you play better in majors? He said, because I practice prior to the event. I don't play golf before a PGA Tour event, which, you know, I guess maybe might be somewhat true, but uh, I, I don't know if it's something I'd be proud of or not. But I think that it does show that he, he does work harder before a major to to play like he has in these four weeks a year. And he's been quite phenomenal. Uh, I was out there, you know, the group in front of him at, at the uh, at the U.S. Open on the ground at Pebble this year, and he starts out birdieing four of the first five, and I'm going, rut row, here we go again. Yeah. But, you know, uh, uh, Woodland won. But he, uh, he seems to be able to dial it up when he wishes, and that's, that's an interesting trait to have. He is a 17-time PGA Tour champion. He once won back-to-back U.S. Opens and contended in the one after that. He is a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Curtis Strange is our guest on the Mike Lubica Podcast. More of our conversation right after this from Kronos. Kronos knows that many organizations maintaining a modern workforce of hourly, full, and part-time workers, for them, it can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos puts HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping on a single cloud-based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge and are empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every single step of the way. Learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them because Kronos is at heart a people business at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos workforce innovation that works. You know, it's funny, Curtis, when you were talking about how, you know, when you were a kid, you were financially motivated. And I was talking to Jimmy Connors not long ago about you know, obviously Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and this obsession now with major championships, which wasn't like that when I first started covering tennis. He said, when I started out, he said, we just wanted to win tournaments. We wanted to get two paragraphs in the in the sports section. We wanted to make money, and it's it's evolved. And there's almost like that tennis major championship um, philosophy with Kepka, and and he seems to be other than Tiger, who's who's in his forties now, the only one I hear talking about majors the way he does. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a, a 
phenomenon to me, and it started with, I'm going to say that I think it started back with Jack Nicklaus. Now, I, it could have started before then. Because the U.S. Open and the Masters and the PGA have always been huge events, and that was before, and I'm not leaving out the Open Championship, that was before Americans went over there. So, Because uh, Arnold kind of started that for Americans. Arnold kind of changed Arnold, the whole mentality. Exactly, back in the early 60s. And he started bringing some, or talking some American players to come on over play in this championship, and they did. Uh, but, you know, it, it was important to him. But other tournaments were important, too, because remember back in the day, they weren't rich athletes. Right. So each tournament in itself was very important for financial reasons, like we were just talking about. So now, because we have financial uh, stability, Maybe we can point toward four, five, or six events more than others, and we don't have to worry about those lesser events. That are, you know, you only get a million and a half first place. You know that kind of thing. Uh, I I don't know the mentality, but it does seem as if there's more talk on it and more focus. You know, I focused every week. I couldn't focus any more at a U.S. Open than I, than I did for for you know Doral. Now you you get your instincts up peaking up for the national championship. You know you got to prepare. you got to be rested. But physically, I couldn't do any more, and I was always ready to play. So, you know, I, I guess that's not the norm. Or all I can say is it doesn't sound like it's the norm now. And I'm not begrudging and, and complaining. It's just, it's just the way of the new world. And God bless them because they're certainly great players. You know, it's funny, and I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this with complete honesty myself. One of the things I love the most about you on television is your honesty. Kepka is, is refreshingly, almost bitingly honest. Curtis, I haven't talked to you since the open, but how about that whole assessment of his mentality going in when he looks at the field and he goes, well, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. Okay. I know half of the guys can't win. Okay, and then he starts breaking it down. And I said, I've never heard a major championship golfer be this brutally honest about the rest of the competition. You know, it's um, he's right in so many ways when he says they might be the easiest to win just because the intimidation factor, I think, in the golf course and the pressure builds during the week. Uh, they're all good fields, um, and you're only trying to beat in any field. If, if the top 20 players in the world are in the field, more than likely the, the winner's going to come from that top 20. Right. Now, we have great players outside of that that are progressing to be big, great players. So that happens. Uh, but there's not many fluke winners out there anymore. So, you know, Jack Nichols was the first guy I ever heard to say um, – you know, half the field is defeated at the U.S. Open before the first tee shots ever right. hit because of the intimidate. Now, and that's the only thing extent of that. Brooks went beyond that and said that you know he thinks he's the four majors that he's to win. You know, if he believes that and that's what motivates him, good for him. I think sometimes uh, in today's time as well with these athletes in all sports, we we can think a lot of things, but it's best not to say them. But in today's world, you go ahead and say them. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it does irritate some people. But in the social media world that we live in, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, I guess. But I didn't want to offend anybody. Plus, I didn't want to give my, my rival some motivation to beat me, you know. So I, I just kept my mouth shut most, more, most, of, the, most of the time, I should say. 
Curtis, you know, obviously um, you won back-to-back opens. It was a wonderful scene uh, last year at Shinnecock Hills when you congratulated uh, Kepka after he died. I love that moment with you and Brooks um, after that, and 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 it was it was really cool. But anyway, the point is, you played well in the open. You came back and you had a chance for a while the the, the, the third year to win again. I was talking to you last night about how I had forgotten that you had a, a real chance to win at a olympic uh one, one time so and and you, you could have won the masters should have won the masters all that stuff why was the british open such a challenge for you with your major champion mentality and your game oh i don't know i i think that uh, part of it was my own fault that uh i i kind of went uh had stubborn a little bit i i didn't i i didn't dislike the golf at all um I had to play the week before always because the tournament in my home course was that week before, and that put me behind the eight ball a little bit, and I was frustrated with that. And that's not an excuse. It was just uh, I think some of it was people telling me I had to go, had to go, had to go, and I got stubborn and I didn't <laughs> go one year uh, right. oh, God. Uh, when I should have. So uh, my fault. The biggest regret I have in golf is that. Not taking that more seriously, not to go in that one year, and I, I'd readily admit it. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, but it's it's uh, it's something I regret because as I got older, I really, really did learn to enjoy it and embrace the Open Championship, and even more so after playing, doing the TV there for so many years, it was um, it, it it was it hurt me to go over there and. Uh, and not and knowing full well that I didn't give it a hundred percent when I was playing. Curtis, I was there at Turnberry in seventy seven. I walked every one of the last thirty six holes with Watson yeah. and Nicholas. And it's it's as great a spectacle as I have ever seen covering professional sports and it's it's the the craziness and the majesty and 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 the kind of flinty beauty of these places that enhances it. I'm looking at some of these places already at Royal Port Rush where they're hitting it today, and I said, okay, we're not at the John Deere Classic anymore. No, no, we're not. You know, I got to tell you, going to going to Royal Port Rush. We haven't even spoken about this. It's such a home run, I think, for the RNA and golf. I know there's been political issues. I know it's been logistical question marks. Right, uh, right. And all of the above. But And you know something? I got to tell you, the other night I was watching Tariko's Tuesday night special that he does before majors, and he did a big piece on, on the political instability of um, Ireland years ago. And I knew a lot about it, but I didn't know all the details. And it's it's pretty doggone fascinating. Uh and I just uh, – and now I marvel at – now I understand why we didn't go there for all those years. But, gosh, I'm glad we're there now because there's so many great courses in Ireland and some of the greatest golfing people in the world, maybe the best, the Scottish and English and all of Great Britain. But uh, it's, it's, it's great that they're there. Uh, I played the Irish Open twice. And the Irish Open got 30,000 people out there every day. It's right. such a big event. But this is the biggest sporting event ever in this country's history. That will tell you how big this is. 
by the way, we were, we were, you know, you can't have a conversation about major championships. And I, I forgot until today, I saw some, Jack mentioned it on Twitter that he made a birdie in his first hole as a kid at the British Open. And then they showed his last birdie. But I, I was talking to him one time and I said, so anyway, now I'm at St. Andrews in 78 and I'm going to see Jack Nicholas win the Open at St. Andrews. And then with three holes to go, you're going to lose to a guy from New Zealand named Simon Owen. And there's a pause. There's a Curtis. I don't know if I ever told you this. There's a pause at the other end of the phone. And then Jack said, Mike, I wasn't going to lose to Simon Owen of New Zealand. I said, Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. Easier said after the fact. Okay. But anyway, all right. What about Tiger Woods? What about, um, you know, I heard Nick Faldo, you probably heard him say this this morning when somebody asked him to assess his Tiger's chances here. And Nick said, I like it better for him when it's warm. And he talked about how well he's played lately, including at Augusta when it was was warm. Inactivity, his back, these conditions. Curtis, I, I'll be shocked if, uh, if, if, if he does well here. Well, we were shocked in April, weren't we? Yeah, so yeah. We, so, we, you know, let's not, let's not get too shocked. <laughs> he's, we've learned not to question him, but. You know, Nick's exactly right. I mean, first of all, that he's playing professional golf with the back uh, is is remarkable. Second, he needs warm weather. We all need warm weather as we get a little older. Now, he's only 43, but the back of a 60-year-old maybe, who knows. And uh, what I don't like is that he came over this week. And, and, and I'm and – I'm, uh, I'm, Splitting hairs here, okay. I'm I'm giving the analyst, but what I what I don't like is when he already talks in a bit of a negative way, saying I'm rusty. Well, no kidding, you're rusty. You hadn't even played any friggin' golf in, in a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? So don't tell me the ob- obvious. Tell me, and 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 I say all the time, practice is nowhere. It's it's like apples and oranges. You can practice all you want at home. It's just not the same thing. Although Hogan did it pretty doggone good at times. But you need you need competitive rounds under your belt and hitting shots and hitting the little pitch shots and making that six foot of a par. You can't recreate that at home. So uh, now you can get it done, yes, but I don't think you're going to be very comfortable the first couple of days of competition. Now he's playing decent today, it looks like. But uh, and I'm not going to say he can't win, but it would be it would be another surprise, just like it was in April at the Masters. By the way, when you talk about practice, Curtis, I can't tell you how great my pitching and chipping is in the backyard. I, if you could see me in the backyard, Curtis, you'd say, oh, man, what a short game. And then, of course, then I have to take it out on the course. <laughs> Mr. Strange is responsible for, for a line that might be my current favorite in golf. And, and he knows what, what I'm going to say. And it is I'm paraphrasing, but it goes something like this. The older I get the further away from the green I am when I pull out my putter. I now call, I don't call it the Texas wedge anymore. I call it the Curtis Strange. The other day, the I'm older with- I get, the farther from the green I putt. Oh, and yeah. Everybody my age in the world <laughs> agrees with me. Thank oh, God hell yeah. the mowers are going lower and lower 40 yards from the green. <laughs> no, no. I remember your buddy Zinger, and again, uh, Curtis knows this because I've written it. Th- there's no better golf conversation on television than the one between Zinger and Curtis during when when, when Fox has a major. Okay, 
The other day, I rem- and I was thinking of this when I was playing with my buddy the other day. Somebody once asked Zinger, you know this, um, what do you do when you're 45 yards away? And Zinger said, fire my caddy. Okay, because that <laughs> that's the that's death right. di- that's the death distance. Okay, and the other day I think I was forty five yards. I, st- I pulled out the old Scotty camera and I said to my playing partner, "Watch this." And and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I know I can make five from here, but I know I also can't make six if I junk it." You got it. You got it, and that's why I say at every clinic, you know, it takes out the the miss hit pitching pitch. Where now you add another stroke. So yes, anyway, it's, it's we don't see we if we see that in the British Open this week, that's okay. But it's not a it's not let's just say it's not a manly thing to do <laughs> home course. But sometimes you need to do it. But you just your ego doesn't let you. So once again, moving right along. Oh no, I'm telling you, what I like to do is if my if my playing partner has gone to hit his shot and I'm at that distance, I just get the putter out fast and hit the shot so he'll look up and see it 10 feet from the hole and say oh you already hit and i go yeah yeah no big deal um <laughs> let, let, let me talk about jordan spieth for a second okay because he's he's like three under after five yeah. today and yeah. and we've had this conversation before golf modern golf is more interesting to both of us when jordan is playing well and and it's so funny curtis i was thinking today if somebody told me that somebody's going to make a big number early in the round Jordan's become the king of the big number and has shot himself out of so many tournaments. And, and, and so this is a long way around for me to ask you again, what do you think has happened to him over? And again, he hasn't fallen off the face of the earth, anything like that. But what, what has lowered his level over the last year or so? Well, I think it's, it's, you know, he's certainly the hot topic of conversation. Yeah. Um, a lot's been written about, putting but he's been putting very well this year in fact i think that's the reason he's he had some really good finishes uh when he was playing really well a couple of years ago and winning three majors quickly he was as good a chipper of the ball and pitcher of the ball and putter since tom wassner Seve ballesteros and uh uh you know that's people have made great careers doing that but you know it's kind of one of those things where it, it might not last forever he just wasn't the ball striker that his record showed. And I'm right. being critical again, just look at the stats. And I don't think he's I don't think he's played very well and from Tita Green. And right now what I hear is that he's making a couple of changes in his golf swing. Well it, it depends on how drastic those changes are and what he's trying to do. And I don't know what those changes are. Uh it depends that will depend on how long it takes him to to climb back and, and to improve. Uh, personally, if it didn't improve me in about 30 minutes and I was moving on to the next swing call, uh, it shouldn't take, you know, six months or a year. It should be in your DNA, something you can do naturally. I'm serious. So, you know, so, uh, but I understand he's making a couple of major swing changes. Major is a relative term. And, uh, and d- during competition, that's a tough thing to do sometimes. So, uh, uh, you know, I let's don't panic. Jordan is still so very young and so talented. It's, again, a good kid and a smart kid. So he'll figure this out. Uh, but it's a hard game to figure out. And will he be able to improve that much from tee to green? Because I'm a believer that you're born with a with a DNA swing and a and a, and a ability to hit the golf ball. You can get better, but how much better can you be? 
you know, it was a bad, it was a sad day in high school when I finally realized I was not going to be able to swing like Sam Snead. <laughs> but I came. The smart thing that I did early on was that I've got to give this dream up because I can't do it. We have to move on. And so you're never going to be, but so good from tee to green uh, with a with a swing. You can improve, but can you improve drastically? Probably not. But that's this thing. If that's him now, and and he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. I'm I'm of the belief. Give these guys some time in this. You know, we, we we critique everybody's game every day. You know, there's ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys. And, and some of the best players in the world go to these valleys for months. But they'll come out. You know why? Because they're talented. My pal Curtis Strange is our guest on the Mike Lubica podcast. More with Curtis in a minute. But first, this from Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning. Pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to do you do today talking to curtis strange on on the mike lubica podcast before he makes a very long car journey okay so he's very nice to talk to me today by the way breaking news just when we thought that rory might be fighting back he made a double at 16 so he's back to being five over par curtis oh boy. when when uh, when did you this is a, i've always wanted to ask you this when did you start to think that you were too old on the on the tour and and i'm not saying old in 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 yeah, human and and because I, I i think of mickelson by the way and i see now he's he's gone on a fast and and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's lost 15 pounds as a way to just hang on when what happened that you knew you never know uh in my case and every case is different but in my case i had the opportunity to go to abc golf and be the analyst with Mike Tirico right. uh, at 42 years old. Now, that was really young, but they allowed me to play golf in those tournaments in which I did the TV. So I said, okay, I'll try this for two years. Uh, I enjoyed it working with Mike, and I stayed with it. But uh, that was – when you take another opportunity like that, that is admitting to yourself that this is kind of the beginning of the end. And I was young. I was floundering in my game a little bit, but it doesn't mean I couldn't have come back. But I was also interested in doing something else uh, because that's I just kind of wanted to keep my interest up. So, uh, but I still thought I could play. Um, uh, when I turned 50 to go to the senior tour, I thought I could do this again, and I went to the senior tour thinking, hey, I, this won't be hard. Well, it's a hard game. And, uh, and, and I, I guess to answer your question, just recently, I'm 64. Just recently, I figured I, my comeback's not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, I'm serious. No. When I turned 60, I, I was working my ass off when I turned 60 and really hitting a lot of balls. I said, you know what, Sarah, let's, let's do this. Let's, 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 kinda, let's try this out. And then I go practice for four days really hard, and I couldn't get out of bed with my back. So, uh, you know, that, that cripples you as well physically. But if you're physically able – Hey, nothing stops you. Honestly, if you look at Jay Haas, my best friend, just finished second in the player. I watched him. You 60, bet. Yep. Sixty-five years old, almost sixty-six. You know, so if you're physically able, which he still is, 
uh, it's all about between your ears. And uh, that's the biggest obstacle we, obstacle we have in golf is if we could cut our heads off and play the game, we'd be much better off. But we're all, we're all babbling idiots, and we're all such negative pessimists sometimes that we get in our own way. I will tell you, you're 100% right. Um, a few years ago, I, I umped a charity celebrity tennis match, and John McEnroe was in it, and Djokovic yep. was in it, and I watched him play that night. This is like, this is supposed to be six games, hit and giggle, and I'm watching him, Curtis, yep. and I'm thinking, whatever he's done in television, whatever, all the money he's made, all he wants to be still is a tennis player and I could see it. Yes. It was, it, 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 he yes. exuded it. It's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And I know exactly what he means. He, I still wake up every morning of my life, a professional golfer. I don't do it anymore, but I, I do. And I, I get it. And when you, when I get on the golf course, I still get mad at myself playing for $2. I mean, if you don't change your stripes, You've made up. You know, my doctor told, recently told me to, hey, you know, to get the stress out of your life. I said, what do you mean? You have no idea the way I'm built. You know, I'm not going to, if I go and eat marshmallows and sit in a corner the rest of my life, I'm still going to be stressful. So, you know, you don't change your stripes. You know, John McEnroe is always going to be John McEnroe. And God bless him. I, I love that. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the same way teaching my grandkids to play golf. And so, I, I, I get that, and I love that because that's what's made John McEnroe not only a great, great tennis player, but the best analyst in sport. And 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 because he cares, um, there's no ego involved with him. He cares so much about the players and the game. Curtis, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about a couple of things that have already happened this year in major championship golf. And and you know, obviously, you had a chance to win the Masters one time, got wet on the back nine. When you were watching that final round this year, were you, did you come out of your chair when Brooks Kupka went for the flag stick on number 12 on Sunday? Well, I don't, I, I don't know if he was actually going for the flag stick. Oh, you think stick, he missed? You think block. it might have been a miss? You think it might have been a miss? Uh, yeah, I think he's probably aiming a little bit too far to the right of what you're supposed to do on paper and didn't flush it or block a little bit. You know, we all know that if you block, the ball doesn't go as far. And it's such a beautifully designed hole. But if you aim to the right, it's okay to aim to the right at that flag stick. You just better release the damn thing <laughs> so it doesn't go to the right. right. And that's, that's the mentality you have to have. And uh, it, whatever the case is, what, three of the top four of competitors on Sunday hit it in the water? And uh, Poulter and... and Francesco and yeah and Brooks. So it's shocking to me when there's one there's only about three plus four places on that golf course you can't be, and that's one of them. Short right at twelve, and three of the four did. And then, you know, I got to tell you, I actually still thought Molinari Molinari was going to win uh, until fifteen. Uh, he was still in there, and but uh, what a what a tournament he had and. It was exciting. I, I got to tell you, I, I was I'd finished my Sports Center stuff by noon that day, and I was back at the hotel room watching it, just like every other person in America was watching it. It was exciting stuff, and couldn't be happier for for Tiger Woods, but disappointed for other players. But uh, what a people have no idea what kind of story that was. And I root. I don't ever root, especially as a TV guy. I never ever root for the for the for an individual. 
I root for the story. You you, you, I, you just gave the my philosophy of column writing my whole life. People yep. ask you what I root for. I say I root for the best story because you know what? That makes my job a hell of a lot easier. Exactly. And the story is what people want to read and hear about. And the story, you know, we, that morning, all morning on SportsCenter, Sunday morning, we didn't mention Tyler Wood's name very often. Not at all. And it wasn't anything – it was just, you know, who, who gave him that chance? There was a lot of great players there playing well. Molinari had a big lead and all of the above. And next thing you know, he's in there. But that was the story. I don't care who and what and where, when and how, that was the story. And it became uh, possible early on in the backside, and then it became a reality, and it was really good stuff. And and he made my job tougher because then I got to do Sports Center Monday morning because he won. <laughs> and that's We're, just the way it is. It's always the way it is. And 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 again, uh, it's I, I I've been in press boxes before when people say, "Oh, how do I write this?" And I said, "No, no, 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 no. These are the days we need." Okay, it's when there's nothing happening. Those are the days that you don't know how to write the damn story. And even yeah, yeah. with what happened to Kepka on twelve, by the way. Even after being wet, he comes back, he makes an eagle on 13, and Curtis, he burned the hole on 17 and 18, or he would have ended up in a playoff. I know, I know. It was good stuff, wasn't it? Everybody was on the edge of their seat, and that's all, from a TV standpoint, that's all you want. At the end of the day, does Tiger win or not? I don't think TV really cares is that he's in the picture because ratings are good then. Everybody has their favorites on who they want to win, and – rooting for the story or whatever, but uh, it's like the, the, the horse going for the triple crown. You don't care if he wins the triple crown. You just, you just like TV. You just glad he has a chance. Everybody's watching. So uh, I, it was, it was fantastic. And I think it was a bigger deal to the golf world and to tiger than we will ever know because he hasn't played very well since then. I think he's still somewhat in his own mind celebration yeah. celebrating. And you know what? Why not? Why not? Absolutely, why not? All right, Curtis Strange has a long car ride ahead of him today. So I, I, there's one other major championship I want to ask him about because he was there and had a front row seat, and that is Gary Woodland winning the United States Open. And Curtis, yeah. what shot impressed you the most? The three wood or that pitch, <laughs> that tight lie from the green pitch on number 17? Well, let's just go back 15 minutes in our conversation about the far, the older I get, the farther from the green I putt. Yeah. Do you think I want to pitch off a putting green over a little <laughs> slope to a green that runs away from you? No, I do not. I'd rather stick needles in my eyes and do that. <laughs> so, so, honestly, that when it hit, when he hit that shot, I was around three or four sports riders there at the back of the green. I said, the shot of the week. Absolutely, the shot. Because let's remember, at that very same time, Brooks Kepka had a pitch and a putt to birdie the last. Yep. If 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 Gary doesn't get that up and down, we're all square. We're even, and so things could have really changed. Now neither one happened, so he had a two shot lead. But I, there's there's four shots. There's actually three shots to the backside that were quite incredible. Uh, the pitch on seventeen. The three wood at fourteen up the hill, carry the bunker two fifty five up the hill, and it's damp and chilly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just, I just, I just, I, I'm standing there watching. It. I still don't believe it. 
and then the second shot, the second shots at 11 and 13 from the right rough to back right hole locations were phenomenal. And I don't think I ever got enough time, no, no reason whatsoever to set those up because they were so tough. 13 was phenomenal. He could have made two bogeys easily, and he was putting for two birdies, made two pars. So four shots on the backside that were, were quite incredible um, and all due to strength except for 17. And seventeen and Curtis, I, I'll I'll end this way, okay. And and the, the, your first open, okay. Your life as a professional golfer changes in that moment. Not your life with Sarah. Not your life as a dad. Your life as a professional golfer changes in that moment. So you know what it is like to be in that cauldron coming down the stretch. And again, that when you said it was the shot of the week on seventeen, under pressure from where he was, and considering the fact that his life could change in the next twenty minutes, that's one of the greatest shots I've ever seen in a major championship. You know what? I Jack Nicholas tweeted it out the next day. Um, how gutsy a shot was. Everybody said things like that, but the fact of the matter is, it was an incredibly difficult shot under the most. <clears throat> difficult situation under the under the biggest stage in the biggest championship for Gary Whittle the national championship and he pulled it off that's all you can say um, I, I couldn't be prouder of him because he's such a good young man nice man popular win in the locker room and that's all I need to hear too is it a popular win in the locker room yes it was you know he was such a talented player 10 or 12 years ago didn't didn't really progress quickly like everybody thought the U.S. Open champion, so maybe it's his time now. Um, you know, he's lived through heartache, and he's worked his ass off. And, you know, I love stories like that. Good for him. Hey, Curtis, last question about that moment, okay, because you're out on the course, okay? He stripes yep. that three-wood. Did you know that Kepka had missed the birdie up ahead with a chance that would have tied him at that moment with Woodland? No. When he's chipping, we didn't. I think they were almost chipping at about the same time. So, no, when he's chipping, I'm still thinking in my mind, we're going to go, we're going to go all even here and, um, and, and, and more than likely have a playoff here, I'm thinking. I don't know any kind of shot that Kepka has up ahead. I don't know the difficulty of it. I don't know where he is. I know he's off the edge of the green. And I know this guy probably is not going to make par at 17. And they both make par, and he goes 18 with a two-shot lead. And how quickly a, a scenario could have changed in a matter of seconds uh, from a two-shot lead to all square going to the last hole. It's the beauty of the sport. Hey, pal, thank oh you for uh, thank you for doing this today. Um, now, are you going to be able, in the car, do you have PGA Tour radio? Will you be able to listen to the British Open? No, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I, you know, times have been tight, so I don't, I don't pay oh, for serious God. radio there anymore. There we go. I, no, no. no. I gotta, we got to... We gotta, you know, tighten the belt up a little bit, and the sure. kids need new shoes. So I'm gonna be yeah. driving uh -huh. to AM, going down the road. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just thinking about thinking those political thoughts and making the country better. I know you. I know you. I know that's exactly making how you. Making the country better. You know what? Bottom line, that's what we all want to happen, right? <laughs> bet your ass. You bet your. Gary Woodland is plus two. I just walked in the room. <laughs> you, you have a great day, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you. Okay. Bye. Curtis Strange, again. That <laughs>
that's why we have them on around the majors because it's just the most fun conversation and it's not just about golf it's about sports as you can hear how smart he is and how honest he is and why i i'm very picky about who i like listening to talk about golf and he's he's my favorite um uh, uh, continue to download continue to subscribe um leave a comment if if you want to we do this twice a week now and and every single time we do it we get to have a conversation like this with somebody I like. So uh, until the next time, uh, this is Mike Lupica. Enjoy your weekend. The Mike Lupica Podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica Podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica Podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform. 